0: Welcome to the Watermark Family Ministry Podcast, where we aim to equip and encourage parents for the mission they've been employed and empowered by God to do. My name is Wes Butler. I'm the director of family ministry here at Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. And we are so thankful that you've joined us for this podcast. Uh, This is actually part one in a a three-part series on making the most of your school year. And so for this conversation, we're specifically talking to parents who have chosen the private school route. And so I've invited uh, three uh, friends of mine in and... uh, We've just had a great conversation that I'm excited to share with you today about ways that you can uh, really uh, use the school year for the sake of discipleship. That is our primary responsibility as parents, and so we want to help you to do that as you're sending your kids off into the private school. Now, if you are a public school parent or a homeschool parent and you're listening to this going, oh, I'm going to wait for the next episode pause on that and keep listening because this is such an important uh, conversation and there are some great nuggets of wisdom that I think apply to any and every situation. A lot of just parenting wisdom that you're going to hear from my friends uh, as they share today. So tune into this. Also, this is uh, going on our blog as well. And so if you go to watermark.org and click over to the family ministry blog, you're going to find these uh, resources there, uh, kind of a, a link to Uh, all the things that we're going to talk about today. And so be sure that you go and you check out the Making the Most of Your School Year, the private school edition, and you'll see some of these principles that we're talking about. So thank you for joining us today. And now uh, meet my friends. All right. I am excited to welcome uh, three friends here for us to talk about the topic of uh, making the most of your school year and specifically diving into uh, the world of private school and how we can parent and shepherd our kids through um, the the school year and make sure that their hearts are right with the Lord as uh, we go through that. So I'm excited to introduce to you three friends who uh, have done and are doing that exceedingly well and just have some wisdom to share uh, with us, uh, both from uh, their successes in this area, as well as I'm sure some of the mistakes that they've made and ways that they um, would go back and do things differently. And so I'm going to let them introduce themselves to you, but I'm going to turn to my friend Robin Rice over here and let her introduce herself and her family first.
1: Thanks so much. I'm Robin Rice, and um, we have three kiddos One that is a sophomore at the University of Arkansas, and another one that's starting her freshman year at Oklahoma State University, and then I have a sophomore boy at Trinity Christian Academy. So we are at TCA. We've been there for 14 years. I graduated from TCA also, and uh, went there eight years, and so... um, You add that together, and we're looking at about 22 years at Trinity Christian Academy. Um, I've been teaching there. This will be my 12th year teaching there, and I get to teach eighth grade Bible, which I absolutely love. I love it. I also am coaching. I coach the eighth grade cheer team. This is my seventh year to do that. Which is just a great opportunity to disciple those girls because it's a year-round sport. So we have them for a whole year from March to March.
0: I love it. Well, I wanted Robin to be here both from your uh, experience as a parent, but also just as a teacher. I think you're going to bring a real unique perspective to the conversation, too, uh, in that. So thanks for being here, Robin, for doing this. Uh, Ryan Nixon, why don't you share a little bit about your family?
2: Excellent. My name is Ryan Nixon, and my bride is Callie, and we have three kiddos. Davey will be going into the third grade, and Evie Lee in first grade. And then we have a son who's four. His name's Little Ryan. We call him Bubby, and he's just (laughs) hanging out at home right now. And we've been at Covenant, the Covenant School, for three years now. This will be our third year coming up, and it's been a joy just getting to jump in there and just watch our kids get loved on as they're working through school.
0: Yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right. Stephanie Polk.
2: I'm
3: Stephanie Polk. I'm married to Scott Polk. Um, We have three kids also. It's the magic number today. (laughs) I have a daughter who's 26 who lives in Raleigh, North Carolina. She's a reporter for the newspaper out there. She graduated from A&M and also graduated from Trinity Christian Academy. I have another daughter who's 23 who is teaching English to high school kids. Um, She's also an a m grad and a TCA grad. And then our youngest is 16 and he will be a sophomore at Trinity Christian Academy. And my husband attended Trinity Christian Academy many years ago. So we've been around that school a little while.
0: Wow. Yeah. So I don't know that I realized that both, uh, the Rices and the Polks were, uh, students at TCA before that. There you go. So you have a, you have even more wisdom to bestow <laughs> yes. on us. Yes, Deep wisdom. <laughs> That's great. Well, uh, So, Stephanie has uh, taken the responsibility, and thank you so much for just kind of giving us a handful of principles. That she has found uh, to be helpful for her family, and uh, as well as I think for other families that uh, have been on this journey with you. I know that you and Robin are in community, and so I'm sure these are some things you guys have talked about as a community group, even of how to make the most of uh, the discipleship opportunities in the school year. And so uh, Stephanie's just given us, and on our blog you're going to find uh, these uh, these principles written out that are just kind of three ways that we want to think through making the most of our school year in the private school sector. And so Stephanie, share with us just kind of the first one of those that uh, the Lord laid on your heart and what that has looked like for the Polk family.
3: Um, I think the first one, obviously for all of us as parents, no matter where you go to school is just the spiritual training of your children. Um, I chose to write about that first because I think sometimes in a Christian school, you know, our kids are getting a lot of Bible. They're getting a lot of scripture. And as we get busy as families, um, you know, we don't want to make the mistake of feeling like the school is taking our place as parents in the spiritual training of our children. We've been given that responsibility. We all know um, by God, scripture is very clear that we are the primary trainers of our children in that area. Um, So I chose to speak on that first
0: yeah. And so tell me what that has looked like for you guys. How have you guys made sure that you're not just kind of uh, outsourcing the discipleship to the school or to the church, but that you and Scott have been uh, really involved in and, and making sure that you're passing on these things of faith to your kids?
3: Um, gosh, there's some real deliberate ways that we do that, that I read about in the blog. I think um, one thing I didn't write about that's probably more important even than that is um, just walking through life with them and turning them back to scripture um, using those teachable moments. Obviously, uh, one of the things I wrote about was, you know, we we grab breakfast every morning to make sure our kids are in the word before they leave for school when they were little. Um, we would have devotion books that we went through as they've gotten older and they've had more input in what they wanted to go through uh some days we'll just listen to scripture we always always end with what you're so what 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 are you going to do with what you just um read and um you know some days that's harder to pull out of them than others when they're tired and you know wanting to head off to school but um we always always went there with them um
0: yeah yeah that's great What uh, So Robin, I'd love to uh, ask you on this note, maybe a couple of things. One, I'd love to hear kind of what you and and Robbie have done uh, with your kids. But as the Bible teacher at at TCA, what have you seen uh, or encouraged maybe parents to do with the material that they are being taught? Because obviously we have all three of you guys are coming from a Christian private school environment. It's not every private school as we know, but for you guys it is. And so how have you and Robbie or how have you seen parents take what the kids are learning at school, uh, whether it's in their Bible classes or chapel or whatever, and really driven that home and kind of partnered with the school in that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think first of all, it's being authentic in front of your own children, um, letting them see you walk with Christ first and foremost, and that that's the most important thing that you can do. Um, Being authentic in the way that I deal with um, messing up in front of my kids, needing to ask for forgiveness and straighten things out and allowing them to see me living in community because ultimately I want them to have those type of relationships and friendships too. I love this verse, and this is one Robbie and I uphold, is Deuteronomy 11, 18 through 19. It says, so commit yourselves wholeheartedly to those to these words of mine, tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Uh, Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. And so first and foremost, both Robbie and I, I mean, the first thing we commit to in our day is just our own personal walks, getting up and spending time in the Word um and scripture memory and just feeding my own soul first and then i started something with our kids on the way to school we would do um this thing i called feed my heart and with feed my heart we would just be on the drive to school and it would be something from god's word um we go to a great church that has These little cards they'll give you like from On Your Mark or from Crossroads, and it has verses and some cool principles that they're going over kind of for that whole month. And I would just keep that card in my car and pull it out and read read the scripture from it, go over it, talk about the principle in there and how we can live that out today. And then just pray together with the kids on the way to school. Um, A lot of families do like a Proverbs for the day or something, just taking advantage as verse 19 in Deuteronomy 11 says, you know, just taking advantage of that time you are on the road with Mm -hmm. them in the car. And, um, you know, just even as a teacher, the kids that I see that really get it spiritually are the ones that have parents that authentically live the Christian life. Um, in front of their kids and, um, it really allows the kids to see it lived out and fleshed out and, um, pretty neat.
0: Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Ryan for you guys. So you've got little ones. So what is this looking like, uh, at the Nixon home right now?
2: Yes. Excuse me. Yes, as we think about shepherding our kids, I mean, for all of us, there's no greater joy than watching our kids walk in truth. And one of the things. Uh, my wife and I have loved about being a part of a Christian private school is that um, even though we know it's our primary responsibility to shepherd our kids and that we are trying to lead out and encouraging them and reminding them of what is true, um, showing them what it looks like to walk with Jesus as we uh, pursue Christ alongside other believers, but we love that with our church and then with our school that we have other people that are partnering with us. And so We really believe that there are a number of people um, all throughout the week, uh, both from our friends and our neighborhood, our community group, um, at our school, and our church home that are investing in the lives of our kids and helping shepherd them to understand what it looks like to love God and to love others. And so one of the ways that we've loved to partner um, with our school and with our church home is taking what they're being taught. Um, just scripture memory, both at church and at school, and then talking about it, continuing that conversation at home and mm-hmm. um, while we're driving and getting a chance to continue to even learn ourselves and continue to remind ourselves of what is true um, as we're getting the opportunity to encourage our kids as well. And so that's one of the ways uh, we sought to be purposeful in that is partnering with what they're doing at school from scripture memory and what they're learning, what's happening at church, and just continuing that conversation and not feeling like we need to add a whole nother section of scripture and ideas that they need to be working through also.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I would assume, so my kids are in public school, but just the gift of, hey, I have kind of a schedule of, I know these are the things my kids are uh, going through at their school, not having to create something from scratch at home. Mm -hmm. Obviously the church providing that uh, for you guys uh, is such a gift. And so, yes, rather than keeping more things on your kids, just continuing to go, Hey, these are the things that you're already hearing at school and chapel and church. And so how do we take these things and take full advantage of it? I love Robin, what you said, which is so right of just that as you go along the way, those are such mm-hmm. uh, really easy layup times that I know I, as a dad am prone to go, man, it'd just be easier just to turn on a radio, <laughs> uh, flip on a podcast, anything, you know, to distract my kids as opposed to take advantage of that time. And yet, man, what an awesome opportunity we have um, with those drive times. And then, yes, just to reclaim, uh, I, I think the the uh, lie of our Bible Belt culture uh, that we are constantly trying to fight against here at Watermark especially is, hey, I outsource discipleship. <laughs> you know, that's what I do as a parent. Yeah. I, I give up to the experts. And so I find a Robin Rice, who's an amazing Bible teacher, and I send them to that school to do that. And yet what we know is that the most effective discipleship is not going to come from the expert. It's going to come from that parent that they're rubbing up against uh, each and every day in positive and negative ways. And that's the thing that's going to have the most impact on them. And so as uh, Stephanie, you said there at the beginning, we are the primary discipler of our kids, whether we like it or not, (laughs) uh, whether we take advantage of it or not, the reality is it's going to happen. They're going to become more like us than they're going to become like any great teacher that we can set before them. Absolutely. Stephanie, talk then about in that discipleship, process one of the ways that we disciple ourselves and our kids really is uh, in your second point which is about how we engage with teachers and uh, and just kind of serve the school during our time there so talk about that a little bit
3: absolutely and I loved what Ryan said is that it's such a partnership with the teachers the administrators the coaches it's such a gift to be able to go to Christian school to entrust your children to people who profess to be following Jesus all day long um uh, they're they're with with them more hours than they're at home most days. Um, so it is such a gift I again the temptation the negative here is that we become consumers and um, our expectations of those people that are in our kids lives are are higher than what they can meet um, So grateful for the years that weren't perfect for my kids looking back um, it's really hard as you walk through it um, but we know that, God works in our lives through challenges um, it helps our kids understand things aren't perfect uh, Christ has promised us life's not going to be perfect so um, I think even loving those teachers well the years that it's hard mm. is, is such a valuable thing to do um, and I think that so often what I see is the tendency in a private school is um, maybe to be more demanding in that than we should be um, and that just hurts my heart. Um, Robin can sure speak to that as a teacher. Um, and even when our kids are little, um, when, when we are leading in that, they're watching what we say. They're watching how we handle it. Um, maybe that year that teacher isn't, isn't my favorite for my child. But, um, you know, how do I talk to my kids about it? How do I show respect to him or her? Um, how do I help? my kiddos love those teachers or those administrators or those people that are in authority over them that are hard to love. Yeah. Um, I think that's what I was really hitting yeah. on and loving.
0: Yeah. Can you give us an example, obviously uh, not telling us what teachers these were in the past, but uh, an example of that conversation with your kids when they are kind of uh, button heads with uh, maybe a teacher that's been difficult or, oh, you know, what does that look like for you? How are you shepherding their hearts through that difficulty and that challenge?
3: Um, Gosh, one that really jumps out at me. My youngest was in kindergarten, and uh, he is always just, I and mean, he was just created wanting desperately to do the right thing. And so he started school just terrified of whatever the discipline was that year. I think they had to pull a card if they weren't behaving. And I think he made it to about April and um, had done, you know, was talking when he shouldn't be, and had to pull his card. And he gets in my car that afternoon just hysterical. It went on till bedtime. Um, just so upset about this consequence and i remember when it happened the the teacher was a friend of mine i remember thinking seriously you you know this kid you know how devastated he's going to be could you not have let this go clearly didn't say that to him didn't say that to her you know it ended up to be such a sweet afternoon looking back of just reminding him of the reason that christ died for him that he wasn't going to be able to be perfect this wasn't the last time he was going to do the wrong thing and get in trouble. Um, and and that's where we spent the afternoon and evening. And the mm-hmm. next time I saw her, um, she was so cute. She came up and she said, oh, my gosh. She said, I did not want to do that. She said, I gave him every chance to stop talking. <laughs> I did not want to do that to him. I knew I knew how upset he'd be. And I just got to thank her. You know, I yeah. got to thank her for the the opportunity of reminding him of the gospel and, um, that, but in the moment I really wanted to tell him, you know, what a bad choice I thought she'd made, (laughs) make him feel better.
0: (laughs) That's right. That's so good. Uh, Ryan, talk about how you and Callie, I, I, uh, when I talked to Stephanie about doing the blog post and when she wrote it, uh, I, I was really struck by that whole idea of just the entitlement factor and how that has to be a temptation when you are paying so much money and all that. And so how have you and Callie kind of battled that? And and again, shepherding your kids through understanding when teachers are human and they make mistakes or, or uh, you know, maybe they're doing something that's not your favorite or, or whatever. What does that look like for you guys and shepherding your own hearts as well as the
2: hearts of your kids? That's a great question. And I think it's really in every situation, I mean, private school, public school, work, is how are we going to help a spouse and then help our kids work through difficult situations? And I think a part of it is just uh, for Callie and I kind of creating that safe place for us to know that we're going to need to have this conversation apart from our kids so that we do not um, influence them in in a way that's not going to help them in a way that they may not be able to understand in that moment. And so it's getting a chance to talk about that just for her and I and then like in any situation where there's conflict or misunderstanding or disagreement we want to make sure that we're going back um, to that teacher and we're going to make sure we go to that person and and best understand our kids perspective and then go seek to understand someone else's perspective knowing that the first to plead his case isn't right and it isn't always right you know. and so it's important to examine it and so we want to engage in those conversations just like any conflict and that's important and it's difficult um, because there's just a natural bent, I think, for all of us as parents of, well, of course, Davey wouldn't do that. Evie Lee wouldn't do that. And then I'm reminded how many times I've been a fool (laughs) and done something that I shouldn't have. And and it's just important to know that these teachers, um, yes, this is a job, but this is also, there's a reason why they chose this school to be a part of, because I believe there's a desire for them as well to shepherd our kids' hearts and not just teach them. The education is phenomenal, but they're also there um, to shepherd the heart of our kids also. And so uh, knowing that our teachers are for our children, loving God and growing into the best individual they can be. And so reminding ourselves of that frame of mind anytime there is conflict is so important. Yeah. Boy, that Proverbs 18, 17
0: verse that you, you uh, alluded to is so important uh, for us as parents because the first to plead his case seems just. Mm-hmm. And I think especially as parents, mm-hmm. we love our kids and we want to believe them. Even even when our kids prove themselves unbelievable at mm-hmm. home at times, You know, it's like, no, I'm sure that's probably what happened. And yet the importance of going, let's go and examine, let's go and have that conversation with that teacher. Because oftentimes the story I'm getting from a child uh, at school isn't exactly how it went down. And and again, I think we all know that inherently, uh, you know, with our kids that, uh, uh, you know, when a brother and a sister uh, fight, uh, I'm going to get one story here and one story there. Well, of course, the same thing is going to happen even at a school uh, setting where oh, this teacher did this. Okay, well, let's find out exactly what was the setting of that and the context and see if there's ways that we can. Uh, and then, to press forward into that biblical conflict resolution. And so Robin, I've left you for last because I'd love your perspective, both as a teacher where uh, you've seen parents do this well for you when maybe there was a conflict with a student that you had uh, as well as, you know, for you and Robbie, when you have had to uh, I'm sure, you know, maybe in the past have to have these conversations with your colleagues uh, as well as the, the teachers of your kiddos. And so what does that look like for you guys in, um, and just again, loving, uh, encouraging, uh, parent. Uh, I'm sorry, teachers uh, in this setting.
1: Yeah, I always tell my own children, and then all the kiddos I teach in class, that uh, your teachers love you, hmm. or they would not be teaching, especially middle school. <laughs> so, um, and they laugh. You know, the whole class will laugh at that, and I'm like, I'm serious, guys. They would not be doing what they are doing unless they loved middle school students and so i remind uh the students i teach and my own kids that 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 these teachers are um empowered with christ's love they love jesus and they love you and they love the opportunity to get to invest in you and it's a calling for them to do that um couple of things that um, we do with our own kids is teaching them the responsibility to turn around and have a conversation with that teacher. Um, we, we practice 12 words in our family, which is, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Please forgive me. I love you. I teach my students that as we go through the book of Philemon, And, um, we practice those words together. And I even tell my kids that I teach my students, I'm like, and if you don't feel like you can tell that teacher, I love you, then choose the words. I respect you, you know, or I appreciate you in that conversation, but circling around and having those conversations with them. Um, and so, um, You know, I teach Ramey, Riley, and Rhett to do the same, to turn around and have those conversations with teachers when there has been conflict or there has been a misunderstanding. And, um, you know, they'll get in the car that day and I'm like, so did you say the 12 words to Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so or coach so-and-so? And And they're like, yes, I did. (laughs) Um, And sometimes I think the hardest of those words is I was wrong. You know, because yeah. they want to say, well, hey, I was right in this fact, um, but I have them own something. It could be their attitude. It could be I was rolling my eyes or I was disrespectful, but there there was something in, in that that I need to own in this and uh, circle back around. I love the emails or the text I'll get from teachers when my kids have circled around and done that because... They appreciate um, that and the conversation from that. With my own students, I teach them that. You know, mm-hmm. I, At the very end of the year, I had a conflict with a student. And I think as a parent, the best thing we can do is know that that teacher is on your team. They're not against you. We're not your enemy as a teacher, but we are helping shepherd and disciple your child. And just as Stephanie shared, sometimes, you know, that's the last thing we want to do is, you know, have them pull that card or do that discipline or follow through. For me, it's probably give them a detention. Mm. Uh, That's the last thing I want to do, but it's the best thing to teach that child. And um, so many times it's just understanding that we as a teacher are on your team our heart is to shepherd and disciple your child and to love them, you know, where they are and what they're going through in that. When we first picked TCA, um, I obviously went there. Robbie Rice did not go there. He graduated from a town of 437 people and his graduating class was 25. So he looked (laughs) at private schools as snobby and rich kids (laughs) and that kind of thing. And I remember, um, In the open house uh, The head of the lower school Took out a stool And he said You know Okay what I want you to see is There's three legs on this stool And one is your family And your friends And you're going to have that Be Christ And centered on Him And then you've got your church That obviously is going to be Raising your kids With that mindset too And so the last you know, leg on that stool is your school. And so to pick a school that is going to help complement your family and your church, it's going to do nothing but build up, you know, uh, that child. And just keeping that in mind as parents that that um, we're just that leg on that stool. and our our goal is to, help equip your child to be, um, a follower of Christ.
0: Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that. Well, before we move on from this one, I, I am curious, what have you guys done? Kind of throw this out to all three of you, but if anybody has one, um, thought on a way that you've been just proactive to encourage parent, uh, teachers rather. So whether it's, Hey, we, we uh, you know, pray for them this way. We write notes to them. We invite them over for dinner. What have you guys done that has been a blessing to and, and helped kind of set the stage for those relationships for the school year?
1: I'll start. Um, ours is definitely prayer. I don't know why, but we pray for them on Wednesday. So I get the names of all the teachers that my kids are under that year And many times as they get older There's a lot more names to deal with um, But just praying Specifically for them um, Whatever I'm learning In the word, whatever verse that is That day, that passage You know, like right now we're in Numbers and join the journey And I'll just pull one verse And I'll shoot them a text, not every week But periodically just, you know Hey, I prayed Numbers thirteen two For you today, have a great day Um, And then I usually ask the kids, like, what's their favorite Sonic drink or something like that. And I'll set it at the front office and let especially when they get in high school, they can come by and just pick it up and deliver it. If they know there's a birthday or just um, maybe sometimes in their Spanish class, they may have a fiesta or something, just something fun to love on that teacher and let them know that um, we're praying for them and thinking about them. is yeah. really encouraging.
0: Love it, love it. Anybody else before we move on to the next thing?
2: I mean, I'm just glad to, that Robin's here so I can just continue to learn. <laughs> Steal some good ideas. I, yes, I'm, yeah. sometimes I'm still in the fog of little kids and just yeah. trying to wake up and know which way to walk. So uh, yeah. <laughs> that's good. I, 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 I think just continuing, seeing them as people and then no matter what school you're in, the importance of seeing your teachers and then your baristas as people yeah. mm-hmm. and engage in conversation and encourage and remind of what is true. And then when you can tell when someone's not having a great day and lean into that and love them well. And I think that's one of the things that. Uh, you know we we try to do but i know there's also some other ways we can be purposeful with it as well so yeah. i like robin's ideas that's good so do, wait um, does covenant have their own barista is <laughs> that how, how that <laughs> no no oh okay. just talking about in life
0: like
1: <laughs> no
3: that's like watermark
0: I, that's watermark. <laughs> that's right sorry uh, <laughs> that's good
3: and i think one thing i would add you know robin was making such a great point about the teachers being on the team with the kids and i will say there are years that's hard to see, that mm. it's still true, but it's really hard to see for you as a parent or maybe for your child. And I think so much of it goes back to the conversation that happens at home about those teachers, mm. um, that happens with your kids, that happens with your husband that they're listening to, um, and just making sure that you're continuing to rem- remember to speak respectfully and address The issues, as um, Ryan and Robin both said, but even in those years that it's really hard to see, um, not being sucked into the temptation of grumbling in front of your Mm -hmm. kids at home. Yeah.
0: Stephanie, anything else on that particular topic before we move on to our third point?
3: I think one other way that... um, i tried to serve teachers i was able to work part-time when my kids were growing up and so i was available um to be in the classroom as a room mom to go on field trips um i've served as a member of the board of trustees for the last six years um but just looking for ways that you could serve uh throughout the day. I really looked when my kids were little and um, when I volunteered I looked for opportunities to volunteer where I could be with them. I didn't want to be volunteering um, where I didn't get to be in the classroom and spend time with them. So I was particular about how I did it but there are so many opportunities to serve those teachers um, through signups but then just emailing. Is there, is there anything I can do? We lost um an assistant in the athletic department and I emailed some of them. Can I just come in and volunteer and, and take some work off your plate? And they were covered, but (laughs) 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 at least the offers there, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. So helpful. Well, Stephanie, let's uh, go into this last point because I do think it's such an important one. Uh, But this this last principle that you'd say, Hey, if I'm going to make the most of my private school year, here's, here's a trap I've got to watch out for is the way I kind of read this, this last principle.
3: Yeah, it's it's certainly not just a private school year, is it? No, it's just yeah. life. It is life in Dallas, Texas or in the United States. And um, time has a way of getting away. And it happened. I happen to be writing this at a time just of reflection, you know, as I started it out with my son starting to drive. And the time seems very short and. Um, My middle daughter will be getting married in six weeks, too. So there's lots of change at our house that has made us step back and look. Um, It's so easy to run from one thing to the next, especially when there's three, our magic number today, at home that all have their own activities and all have their own lives. And you and your husband are trying to connect and trying to um, work and trying to raise a family and and being involved in ministry and we know that it's so simple to look up and time has passed and we haven't done what we wanted to with it or what we believe the Lord has called us to do with it. So um, for us, the beginning of the school year, the beginning of the week is a great time to step back and look, how are we spending it? Is it how we want to or are we just being managed by our activities?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so that that principle really is just how are we investing our time and not allowing the uh the drive of <laughs> academics, of sports schedules, of uh you know, social calendars, everything just to pull us in so many different directions that we just feel like we're we're going crazy on this, you know, it's like a carousel that's just out of control and it's going to throw us off it feels like at any moment and all of a sudden it's not a carousel Right, it's like a tilt-a-whirl, you know, uh, throwing us for for a loop, and so uh, just making sure that we're careful. And so, Ryan, uh, tell us about what that looks like. So, obviously, I think especially when our kids get older, I'm feeling that burden as now a dad of soon to be two high school kids and just feeling that pull of man I don't have enough cars to get them all the places they need to get and to go to all the things that they need to go to and I'm getting text messages from teachers and and all that kind of stuff and so but I think it really does start we are finding more and more this the younger families are struggling just as you know uh, just as much it seems like and so what does this look like for you and Callie and how do you guys make sure that you're
2: calendar doesn't get so out of control that you're you're just kind of holding on for dear life Yeah, that's a great question and for Callie and I and I think for all of us it's that reminder of what's our end goal as a parent for our kids um, what do we hope for for them um, as they grow up and that reminder that for each of us we want them you know this, the spirit um, has a huge role in this but we want them to love God and love others and then we want them to be healthy adults. And I think one of the things that I can have to and I feel like all of us as parents, is this idea of what does it look like to be a healthy adult and what does it look like to be successful. And so um, the comparison is a thief of joy. And as you look at other kids, other families and what they're doing, what they're achieving, what they're not doing, whether it be academically or sports or other extracurricular curricular activities, um, just asking that question, what is the right balance for our family and what's the right balance for our child? And, And then allowing friends and community to speak into that is so important. And then realizing that we might have different things that we want to invest our time in and that we want to look at each situation as we're helping community and helping our friends just process through things. You know, is there something that's really hurting your family or it could be, you know, sin or are there some things that are just different? And so when it comes to sports and how much time we're going to be spending on a project, you know, for school um, it's really, it's good to be mindful of, okay, how much time are we wanting to invest in this? And it might be different than another family. And that's difficult for me, especially even as a young kid on some of these project days. I mean, kinda of walking in and I'm watching, you know, what my child's kinda of brought in and see something else and, and it looks amazing. Looks like it probably came from the Pro Museum. And <laughs> and then just reminding myself, you know what? That's okay. That that my, my goal is not for my child to, to crush you know, this project right here, but um, to work hard to understand what it's like to learn and to grow into a healthy adult. And so I think just that balance and that continual conversation and then reevaluating as the year goes on and then realizing that for every child, this balance of time and what they're going to invest their time into and what's going to be best for them might be different. And then also for every family that might be different. And so even as we look at different families, um, realizing that we have to continue to ask the question, what's best for our family and what's best for this child? Mm-hmm. That's so good.
0: Yeah, it reminds me, you know, something we encourage parents to do a lot around here is just, to, hey, come up with some some kind of core family values. Mm-hmm. What are the things that, you know, so whether that's using your last name as an acronym and, you know, doing that. But to keep coming back and revisiting those things, because I do think that's, for for us at least, I think when, when I find myself out of kilter on, that, on, on just scheduling and time, it's often because I'm just seeing everything as important. And I just need to be reminded, hey, that, that's not as important as this thing. This is what we said we wanted our family to be about, and this actually steals from that. And so I think we can say no to that, even as good as that might be, because it's not helping us to achieve that, that core family value or that goal that we have. And so I love love what you said there at the beginning, Ryan, of just going, we got to come back to the basics. What is it we're really trying to get at here? Mm -hmm. What is the role that school plays in that? Mm -hmm. Because again, I think school can uh, quickly become kind of your your master all of a sudden, where it's really intended to be a servant, right? The school is there to serve my family, to help me educate my kids, Mm -hmm. not to be the driver of everything that I do Say and say yes to and pay money for and all that kind of stuff, and so making sure that we're putting it in the the right place. So, Robin, what what about for you guys? How ha- how have you guys navigated? You've you've graduated two off. You've navigated these waters. Um, what does it look like for y'all to be careful about your calendar and your schedule uh, during the season?
1: I think during the school year, um, something that we've always uh, valued is dinner time. You know, just. Gathering together and eating dinner together. And it is very difficult. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of planning. Um, So I have a little section on my phone in my notes section called Dinner for the Week. And I plan and buy everything on the weekend and plan for the week. I look at our activities and when we're going to have that time together to sit down and eat dinner. When they're little, like your age, Ryan, uh, we were teaching manners. I'll never forget our first time at family camp. One of our kids took a fork and a whole piece of a chicken breast and ate it like a lollipop. And we were like, <laughs> okay, we've been cutting their food too much. We need to like teach them how to use a knife and a fork. And just teaching manners, teaching um, how to communicate at a table and talk. Um, during the summer, they cook once a week. For the entire family. So, how do you plan for that meal, buy the groceries for that meal, and how do you actually cook that meal? And then we clean up together. Uh, We have walk, wash, and wipe. And there's different responsibilities, and they'll jump up from the table and be like, I'm walking, I'm wiping, I'm washing. And off they go. Um, But just teaching. Um, just some day in and day out, just as we looked at earlier in Deuteronomy, you know, just that it's as you are um, at home, when you are walking and talking and getting up and going to bed and doing those things, what you can be doing um, with that. Something else that we do that I love that We learn from another family as we pray for Christmas cards. So we just have a pile of Christmas cards and talk about um, what that family is doing, our relationships with them, and pray over that another family together during that time. So just taking advantage of that time during the week. Some nights, because maybe of meetings or a game or things like that, it doesn't always work out. But being intentional that, hey, we're going to have so many meals together this week. And what can we make work Um, this week is really good. And those are great to help with those everyday conversations. But there's also been some times where we need to have kind of those big conversations about issues that we want, um, just as Ryan said, what kind of adults do we want them to mm-hmm. be? And a couple of tools that we have used that are very helpful that I highly recommend is, one is Passport to Purity. It's mm-hmm. it's published by Dennis and Barbara Rainey. Mm-hmm. And you get away for a weekend with your um, child um, a mother with a daughter and a father with their son and just talking through um, really upholding purity in their life and looking at dating relationships and what is to come from that and guarding their heart and guarding their purity. And just it brings up every subject that you wouldn't think of bringing up, you know, so you're like listening to it. um as, we're, as we were driving, I took my girls to the beach and we just listened to it as we were driving and I'd stop and go, oh, let me tell you the story. and What happened to me? Or let me tell you um, how I dealt with this. And then so we did that in their summer be- be- between their seventh and eighth grade years. And then they put one out for a high school called Passport for Identity. And we do that. Between their 10th and 11th grade years And that's letting them see Where am I finding my self-worth Is it in relationships Is it in a boy Is it in popularity Is it in making straight A's No, it's in my relationship with, With Jesus Christ And the importance in that And so we look at Um All of that, just intentional conversations. Mm -hmm. I love how Barbara and Dennis Rainey do it because they make it in such a way that um, it brings up subjects and topics that I would not typically bring up, you know, with that. And then as they've gotten older, we've done contracts for driving that uh, a friend here at Watermark shared with us that was... Just really helpful again, things that we would have not thought about talking about, that you go over about driving and what our expectations are and what their responsibility is. And then now we just launched two off to college and we've done a contract for college. you know, like what what we rec- what we expect for them to live out the Christian life look like in college. And how we look at it As this is an investment We are investing in you To become a great adult Mm. You know And so we want to invest in that And so with that You know Here's our expectations And here's how we want you to To walk with Christ and, And live as a college student So there's those times You have those everyday conversations Dinner, driving You know As they are with you day in and day out. But then there's also just some really important intentional conversations that we've made sure we've had dealing with their purity and their identity and mm. driving in college. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and what I hear in all that, Robin, is I hear permission to say no, because every one of those things that you just listed off, which are so important, you had to say no to other things to make space for that. You know, Absolutely, I mean, yeah. there were other things tugging for your attention. There was a, uh, a social event that your kids were invited to. There was a, a sporting event that you really wanted to go to. And you had to say no intentionally on some of those things, I'm sure, to make space for that weekend to go away or to make space for that dinner to happen three or four times a week. Um, and so I, I do think for parents today, we've got to encourage you, mm. say no, it's okay. Uh, and, and I get that FOMO is a real thing, fear of missing out, you know, and especially in our social media world where I can glimpse, you know, take little glimpses into your world and see all the things that you're doing. And our kids are being bombarded with that stuff too. And yet the importance of just going, no, that that's not, that's not how I want to live. My life is driven by fear in any way, shape or form other than the fear of the Lord yeah. and what it is that he's calling me to do and shepherding my family. And so I'm going to free myself from the fear of saying no to that thing that sounds like a really fun thing or a really great opportunity or what if they got a scholarship for that for the sake of investing in the things that matter most?
1: Yeah. And, you know, that really probably came more from Robbie Rice in the Rice (laughs) household because I'm one of, you know, let's do everything. But Robbie um, really upheld that we did one extracurricular activity at a time, you know, at a season, and um, that just allowed us to have some time, some yeah. balance. And so you you nailed it with that. It was saying no. Yeah. And me being more of the social person was always like, but wait a minute, can we <laughs> go do this and this and this? And um, yeah, you really nailed it with yeah. that. There That's are good. things that you have to say no to. and. They're going to be fine adults. Yes. <laughs> it's it's going to be it's fine. It's going
0: to be okay. It's going to be okay. Well, listen, guys, this is awesome. And thank you so much for just sharing uh, that wisdom with us. And this is all going to be on the blog. So if you go to watermark.org and look for the family ministry blog. You're going to find uh, this conversation, kind of uh, just the, the outline and some of the principles that uh, that we've discussed here today, as well as some of the resources so Passport to Purity and Passport to Identity. We'll link to some of that stuff uh, on the blog as well, just so that you have access to that. But um, but thank you guys just for uh, helping these parents who are in your schools and in other schools, hopefully across the uh, the nation who are listening in and going, I want to make sure that we shepherd our kids to make the most of our school year this next year for the sake of their heart and their relationship with the Lord. And so I think you guys have set us up for success so thank you very much for being here today and and uh, bless you guys
3: thanks for having us yes thank you